And who's going to be around for the, uh, the cinema service this, uh, this afternoon? That's going to be awesome. That's going to be great fun. So, cinema service? Yeah, it's going to be a whole new service. <laughs> We're introducing it every week. Come along, cinema, new film. No. Uh, no, it's going to be really good. I really encourage you to, um, to come, uh, get involved, help support the youth and, and, and our young people. That'll be, that'll be really great. But um, this morning, um, so I just want to start off by, uh, can I, so I've been experimenting with, um, uh, with a couple of new parenting skills. Um, now, actually, if, you, if you'd have heard the screaming that told you a two-year-old earlier, that was mine. So obviously these parenting skills might be not working, so you might not want to take advantage of, uh, and listen to those. Um, but I'm trying to, we're trying a new technique with, with, with our son, see? Um, it's okay, it's, it's, a, it's a good technique. It's not one I'm going to get in trouble with. I'm not going to beat him with sticks or anything like that and get taken away. Not yet, anyway. That might be for later if he doesn't respond. Um, but he's, he's a, in, I've got a little boy called Joshua, and he's, he's, um, he's five years old. He's a big fan of stories. Um, and and he, loves, he loves kind of... Most nights we, we have a story and we have a, we have a chat, and, and especially the made-up ones, so the ones where... where where it can involve him in the story and bring his friends into the story. And you can throw that little bit of real life in there. And so a new technique we started using with him is started introducing this, um, um, this, this kind of thing where, where we tell a story and we get him to explain a situation that we've been in and we get him to, to come up with the, the solution or the answer to that story. And it often involves like his sister being naughty or somebody else being naughty. And then and the punishment, um, we kind of go, oh, well, so Joshua, you did this the other day, so, so do you think that ought to be what, what your punishment should be? Because it puts him in that situation, and, it, and there's a bit of a real life, so he begins to term, determine the kind of the punishment in that. So, uh, and we all like stories, don't we? We all, we all can relate to stories, and we see it, the, especially the ones that we see ourselves in, and the ones that we can identify with. And this is why I think Jesus used stories quite a lot, um, because it put people in, in the real situations and, and it was things that they could relate to. It was things that they could experience. And, and so I've been working my way through the stories that Jesus told. Um, so a number of the parables and, and one of them has really stuck with me recently. And, and, and it ties in with a bit of what Neil was sharing the, the other week when he was talking about the greatest gift. So, so this morning I want to talk about um, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Um, now, I think there's, there's a number of kingdom principles in this, and I think, I think Jesus is really wanting to, to kind of share heart on, on a couple of things that I picked out that I just want to share with us this morning and, and about how God wants us to do family and, and do life together. So, if that's all right, if you want to turn with me to, to Matthew uh, chapter 20, um, we're going to start at verse 1 and we're going to read the, the whole parable. Now, the things should come up. Yep, the word should come up on the... Uh, and so I did have a bit of a... Uh, uh, a technology fail this morning, so there's meant to be loads of really nice, flashy uh, slides a bit later on, but they all disappeared and they all went awry. So it's going to be a little bit. Uh, it's just going to have the text, and we're going to have a few, a few slides coming up a bit later on. But, but yeah, I had a bit of a technology fail. Um, so we start in Matthew chapter 20. It says, "For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard." He agreed to pay them a Darius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw, the others, and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and he did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and still found others standing around. He asked them, 
why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones he hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a Darius. A denarius, even. A Darius, isn't he? Wasn't he a singer for Pop Idol or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when those came who were, who were hired first, um, they went to receive more. Sorry. So when those, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a, a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have come and made them equal to us, who have borne a burden of the work and of the heat and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So here we see Jesus um, telling a parable about, about farming, something that would have been a common occurrence to, to all, the, um, all the people that were listening, the people that were gathered around. There would be a couple of things in this parable that would, that would kind of make them sit up and that would stand out to them. See, so often we look at this parable, I know that I do, and I kind of look at it first instinct and say, well, that's unfair. This is, this is kind of, it, how, how come these guys that, that, that only came for an hour, that only worked for an hour, were actually able to receive the same as, as what, what the others were able to receive? And, and I expect that that was probably the reaction of the people that were listening. But actually, this passage isn't about fairness at all. It's about an outrageous, generous God. And it's about the outrageous generosity and the grace that God has for his people. Yeah. See, the incredible grace grist of Christians um, that we invited um, in, when, into when Jesus calls us um, to be part of that, that vineyard, to be part of that workforce, to be part of this tribe, as part of his family. And that's what this is talking about here. So this morning I've got a few things that just spoke to me that hopefully, hopefully can encourage us. So if we start at the beginning. So this is the beginning of the day. The landowner goes out. He goes out early. See, this might seem strange to a lot of people, but, but what used to happen back in the day is that, is that folks with no regular job, no regular kind of sense of income, kind of, or they didn't have a permanent job, they weren't highly skilled, they would congregate in this local square. So verse 3 talks about, talks about the local square. And they would gather in there. They would be hoping for work. They would be hoping that, that there'd be something that they can do, either laboring or 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 cleaning, or something like that, where they could earn a day's wage. They could provide some food for their family. They could, they could go home and say, look, look, we can, we can live. We can live day to day. We can live the next day. But the, these people in that marketplace, they would all have been in that same situation. They would all have been starting in that same place, looking for work, looking for, for, for somebody to come and give them that opportunity. And it got me thinking about these workers. It got me kind of thinking, well, imagine if, if, if you were one of those workers that every day you were turning up and you were wondering and you were, 
you were hoping that, that something would happen, that, that if it didn't, that, that actually your, your needs wouldn't be met, there'd be no future. You were hoping for that job. You just wanted some way of earning that living. You're living day by day. And I bet on a number of occasions, some of these workers, some of these, some of these guys in the field, they, they probably went days on end without actually seeing any work, so without having any kind of income. And imagine that walk home, kind of to your family, just walking home and uh, nothing today, nothing today. We're, we're just going to have to wait till tomorrow to see, if, see what tomorrow brings. So my first observation is that each one of these guys would have started from that exact same place. None of them were more deserving than the others. None of them could guarantee anything. They didn't have a guaranteed right to work. They were all living in that place of hope, waiting for that call. And then the landowner appears. And I get the picture of this, uh, kind of these guys just kind of like shuffling for position and kind of buffing up the shoulders and just thinking, well, maybe it's going to be me to um, be picked. Um, I take Joshua footballing on a, on a Saturday, on a Saturday morning, he plays for like these under sevens. Um, and as part of that, they, um, they all have to gather around and, and they start picking the teams. And, and Joshua's a little bit smaller because he's only five years old. And when he, get, when he gets to time to pick the teams, he does everything he can. He kind of, kind of jumps up and down and he stands on his tiptoes, looks that little bit taller. So, so he gets picked and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and you can see him like with the football just trying to pretend to do some skills so that people think, oh yeah, he's, he's a good little player, Look, we'll pick him. And, and he tries to do everything he can just to, just to get that call. Tries to do everything he can to kind of stand out. So, and I think, and I think it probably would have been the same for, for, for these kind of guys. That they were desperate. They were desperate for that selection. They were desperate to be chosen, given that, given that sense of hope. And, and when, when, no matter who the boys are, the, these seven-year-olds, whenever they're picked, that moment that they're picked, elation. It's kind of like, yes, I've got a team. I've got somewhere that I belong. I've got a purpose. I've got something, something I can contribute, something to the, that I can do. And I think that, that these guys would have been looking for that, that same opportunity, that same ability to kind of come in and, and to work. See, just for their name to be called and just for them to be told that they had potential, that they had, they had a future. So the first group was selected, and I bet they were buzzing. They secured the... The work, this was kind of their breakthrough moment. And from this, from this position of, of having nothing, they've now got a job, they've secured a job, and the landowner gave them hope, and he gave them the security. But then we see that the initial response of these workers is soon forgotten. We see that that breakthrough experience, that joy, it didn't seem to last very long. It just seemed to, by the end of the day, in verse 11, it says, it says that they, when they received it, they began to grumble. So we see that that, that experience, that, that, first imp- that first realization of where they come from, didn't last for very long. So the first point that I want to make is that, that Jesus has rescued us all for the same place. And the Bible puts it like this. He says that we, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the workers had lost their perspective on where they came from. They'd forgotten where the landowner had brought them out of. And I think it can be so easy for things to be the same with us and the things of God sometimes. Sometimes we get caught up so much kind of in the here and now and what's going on. We get wrapped up in, in what God's doing with other people that I, I personally, I sometimes forget to look at what God's done in my life and what God's doing in my life. I don't know if anybody else kind of is in that place or experiences that. 
all the incredible things that, that he's been doing with you and, and, and for you and the place that he's brought you from. So, so if nothing this morning, I, I just want to encourage you just to, just to try and find that, that quiet place that, that Gary John was talking about and, and, and just, just submerge yourself in God and, and look back at all the incredible things. Take time to, to spend with him. Look at, at all the, the places that he's brought you through, all the challenges that, that kind of he's done and, and the amazing gift of salvation that he's given you as part of, as part of being in his family. See, the Lord has taken me out of that marketplace and brought us into this, into this wonderful vineyard, this, this place full of promise, this face pl- place full of future. And, and I couldn't imagine life without him. I couldn't imagine doing life as a Christian without just being with him, with, without him being by my side, without him being next to me, without him walking with me in everything that I do. But yeah, it's so easy for us to do, isn't it? It's so easy for us to forget the incredible things that God's done. And the incredible things that he is doing. So the first group of um, workers, they were consumed by the situation. And they forgot to appreciate their journey. Let's not appreciate our journey. Let's not forget to appreciate our journey. Where God's brought us from. And the second thing is, it's not about the work um, to do. But it's about the gift given. See, when you first begin to read the parable. We can be forgiven... um, I think we can be forgiven for thinking that this guy, this businessman, is pretty poor when it comes to business. I mean, if there was any kind of management courses in, in Israel at the time, I think he would probably need to go on them. Um, it, either that or he's just got far big, far too big a, um, a vineyard that he doesn't actually understand the size. Of. See, he massively under, underestimates how many workers that he needs. Or does he? See, he goes out at 6 a.m. and recruits a load of workers. Okay, and then he goes back out... Um, a, few, a few hours later and gets a few more and you think, okay, maybe he got the first bit wrong. And then a couple of hours later he goes back and he, and he says, yeah, I want some more. And then, and then again, some more. Now you're thinking, whoa, this guy's, this guy's got some real issues when it comes to uh, working out the size and the territory and, and all the work that, that's, got to, that's got to happen. And then finally he goes out again and then he says, well, actually, I'll, I'll take some more workers but I'll take them just for an hour. Now, an hour? What are they going to do in an hour? Um, but not only does he get them for an hour, he then just pays them for the full day. Now, I'm no entrepreneur, but I can believe that actually if I, if I started paying people an hour for a day's work, I'd soon lose a lot of my money. Okay, how many, how many of you would love a, 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 an employer that came, if you went to work for an hour, go, there you go, there's your full day's worth of pay. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I know I'd be up for that. I'd be massively up for that. So to me, business-wise, it just doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make any sense for this guy to be paying a full day's work for one hour's worth of work. But, you see, actually, the more I, we get into this story, the more we begin to realize that it's not about the work that's being done at all. Or even about how much work there is to do, but it's about the generosity of the landowner. See, from that final group of workers, that, that one hour that they, that they give them, realistically, what was he going to expect them to do? These guys had come from, they'd been standing out there the whole day waiting. Okay, and we all know how tiring waiting can be. Anybody that's been to Meadow Hall with, uh, with Kerry knows how tiring. <laughs> it's all right, I, I, she knows I was going to say it. <laughs> but, but anybody that's been to Meadow Hall with Kerry, 
for any period of time knows how tiring waiting can be. So these guys have been waiting for 11 hours and they've just been stood around expecting something to happen or, or hoping and praying that something would happen. But then these guys are not only the, they're not the cream of the crop, they're the guys, so you'd expect the, the kind of all the, the macho, the really good, the really able, the really, the really buff people, they would have been selected probably at the start of, the start of the thing, the people that have got the experience or the people that have, have done vineyarding before, whatever the, the action is to vineyard, I don't know what it is. But, but you'd expect, <laughs> great picking I guess it is, isn't it? What, vin culture? Viniculture, there you go. Every day's a school day. So, uh, so, so, yeah, they, they wouldn't have been the cream of the crop. They, they wouldn't have been the top people. That, so for this, for, this, for this landlord to come and say, actually, I'll take an hour of your time, even though I know that to, nah, what are you really going to contribute my, to my vineyard, to my workload? See, I don't think this was about the work at all. This is completely about the landowner. It's about his generosity. Although if you were, and the one thing I, I did, there was an observation I did make, is that, however, if, if you were one of those people that had already done a 10-hour shift, and you came back and just wandered past, and you thought, oh, I'll do another hour's work, and then you got paid four days' work again. So you got like two days' pay work, two days' worth of pay. How good would that have been for the price of one? Um, see, it's, it's a good chance that, that these are the same guys that were left out all day, Without, um, uh, with, without any hope. With this, these are the guys that, that, that wouldn't have had much to offer um, this guy, but he actually chose them. He actually, but out of his, his generosity, his grace, his love for the people, um, and at his total expense, he pours into these guys. He invests into these guys. He gives these guys hope. He gives these guys everything that they actually need. In that moment, not only financially did they get their reward, but to, to meet their physical needs, to go over and able to buy that loaf of bread, support the families for that day, whatever that means. But he offered so much more. See, he offered purpose. He offered acceptance. He offered opportunity. And he gave those guys worth. He, felt that he helped them to feel that they could actually contribute, that they could add to the vineyard, add to the tribe, add to the team, add to the family. So these workers had nothing to warrant the fact that, that they deserved this. But actually, this was a grace gift. This was a grace gift completely out of, out of love from the, from the vineyard owner, out of a, a desire to be with these people. See, this one act gives them a future, not just for today, but maybe for the rest of the harvest. See, he, he'll have invited those guys back. If they'd have been there the next day, I can, I can almost guarantee that he'd have gone, yeah, I want you to come back tomorrow. I'm assuming I'm reading into the passage or beyond the passage, which you're probably not allowed to do because of the Bible. <laughs> I'm adding to I'm using preacher's license. <laughs> um, see, see, humanly, this is a crazy thing. But the wonderful thing about our God, the wonderful thing about the landowner is that God is a God of an abundance. He's a God of outrageous grace. He loves to bless his people. And, and can you imagine the faces on those workers when they've been there for one hour? And that they, were, they would have just been filled with joy and elation that they actually got given that job. But not only that, to, for them to rock up at 11, on the 11th hour and then to get their pay and to be given a denarius, a full day's pay to be able to just do that. Can you imagine how 
overwhelmed that those guys would have been. See, God loves to bless and to see his people being blessed. Um, when, when, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe when Joshua was about three, um, we, we did Christmas and um, he got the best gift ever. He got a scale trick gift, right? And, this, and he kept saying to me, Daddy, this is the best day ever. This is the most incredible thing um, that I've ever seen. And as a parent, the one thing that you want to see is that your kids just being filled with joy and just that, that look on their faces. And this is the nature of our God. Our God is, wants to give to his children. He wants to, he, wants to, he wants to be like those little ones receiving that presence. He wants to see us kind of like that. He wants to see the delight on our faces. He, want, he, he knows what's best for us, and he, and, he, and he pours that out into us. And a scale extreme might be great, but I'll tell you what, it's no, it's no journey with Christ. It's no, it's no relationship with Jesus. It's not a patch on that. And So... God wants to give. So, so if, if today, if you're struggling right now, if, you're, if you feel like you're, you're kind of one of those workers that stood on the outside, if you're, if you're feeling like, I just need, I need somebody to come and rescue me, I need somebody to come and just, just hold me, right now, he wants to invite you in to that, work, to that vineyard. He wants to give you the opportunity to, to feel belonged, to, to be able to feel a value of worth. And to be able to feel like, actually, I've got a future. I've got, I've got a significance. significance, And it's like what Julie was saying, that, that he went back for everybody. So Julie was talking this morning about how if there was one person left, Jesus would go back for that sheep. And the, the landowner went back for those people. He went back to say, guys, come home. Come to my vineyard. Come and, come and belong in my vineyard. And the third point and final point is that agendas and expectations, they lead to grumbling. Who likes a good grumble? Who likes a good grumble? Come on, put your hands up. Who likes a good grumble? We all like a good grumble. And how many people know when it comes to, to doing life with God and, and the things have got sometimes, it's just, I know for me, it's, sometimes it's no different. I just, I like a good grumble at God because I'm like, so we just don't think things are fair. Look, in verse 10, this is what, this is what these, these guys were talking about. They say, um, so when they came, so when those who, came, um, who were hired first came, they expected to receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And then it talks about, I can't remember, I'll put, I'll put a reference down, but it talks about that they, that they were grumbling. Um, so if we look at verse 2, there's something different about these other workers. Um, they were the only group. If, is verse 2 up there? So verse 2 says, it says, He agreed to pay them a, a denarius um, for the day and sent them into the vineyard. See, this was the only group of people that came to the landowner and negotiated with him. They agreed, they, they agreed a wage. They wanted to know how much that they were going to get. They wanted to know what the benefit to them was going to be. They came to the landowner with their own expectations of what they think they deserved. And they had an agenda. They had, a, they had a, a view of what they wanted to get out of this relationship. See, for each of the other workers, there was no negotiation. They, they just, they, they got the feeling that they were just, you get the feeling that they were just happy to belong, happy to be there happy to be part of the, the team and the, and the, the environment and, and, and whatever, whatever the vineyard owner wanted to pay them 
was, was absolutely fine. It was fine with them. They were part of the tribe. They wanted the purpose and they wanted to be all, they wanted all the things that, that we'd just spoken, we've just spoken about in, in the previous bits. And they, actually, they trusted the vineyard owner. They trusted um, the landowner to give them what was right. They trusted. They didn't have to do the negotiation. Now, the vineyard owner has given each of these groups that same invitation. But the difference was that these guys at the start, they had an expectation. They had an expectation they, they deserved more when it came to the end. Um, that they would get a certain level and that the others working alongside them would get less. See, so often it happens that, that when we bring our own agenda, we end up like the workers in, in, in verse 11. And it says that, yeah, it's verse 11. It says that they grumbled. It says that this, this grumbling isn't just kind of a quick, oh, well, that's a bit unfair. If you look at the actual the definition of how this grumbling, go back to kind of the it, it was a longing grumble. It was a grumble that kind of nags away. And it was a grumble that... That, that kind of builds bitterness and, and builds resentment. It was that kind of grumbling. The grumbling that makes you look around and begin to compare with people and go, well, that's not fair. That's not my lot. How, how, how is that fair for me? See, instead of looking back at where they'd come from, the hopelessness, the futureless, the situation that they'd come out of, the no prospects, the no working options, all that kind of stuff, instead of being grateful for being paid a good wage, a one denarius wage, the same wage that a Roman soldier would have been given. Okay, instead of being grateful for all that, they were consumed by what everybody else had got, what everybody else had been rewarded, because their expectation and their agenda had affected their state of heart. Wow. Their expectation and their agenda had affected their state of heart. And I think sometimes it can be the same with the things of God for us, that, that when we come with our agenda and our expectations... How we, how we feel something should have happened or how God should have reacted to a situation for us, what we expect him to do, the prayers we expect him to answer. Then, then we come to God on our terms. We come and say, I've been a Christian for 15 years. I now deserve the next level of blessing. I now deserve my, my grading. My Christian grading is, is, is up here now, so I deserve a, a, a band A grading of Christian blessing. Why, why do I only get a band C of Christian blessing? But it, it doesn't work like that with God because God just gives outrageously. God gives to all of his people. See, maybe we're praying into that situation at home or, or that work or that family for years and, and we've kind of never seen that breakthrough. And then Ethel, you know Ethel, everybody knows Ethel. She comes along, and she goes to Connect Group every week. If, you, if there is an Ethel in here, I do apologize for this, by the way. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> okay, should we, we use Agatha instead? Should we use an Agatha? We'll use an Agatha instead. Oh, all right, whatever. Everybody's going to have somebody. But we'll, we'll, we'll call them Person X. But it's not, as, it's not as personal if you call them Person X. Anyway, we'll call, we'll call it Agatha. Agatha comes along and she goes to Connect Group every week and she has a new praise report every week. Only today she went into town and she met one of her friends and her friends and she told them that she'd been a Christian. And, um, and, and, she got, and, and her friend said to her, wow, that's amazing, could you pray for me? And right there on the street, she became a Christian and she gave her life to God. But not only that, the two people that were serving her coffee, they gave their lives to God. Oh, wow. And then as she was getting a potato, there was this guy that had terminal cancer and she prayed for him and he was healed. Wow. How many, how many people know that, that, that sometimes when people come with those, those testimonies and you look there and think, well, I've been praying with my next door neighbor for 10 years. 
I've tried to invite them to church like five times and they're just, they're just not having any of it. So come on, God, that's not fair. That's not fair. Or maybe it's sometimes that we've joined, we've joined church or we, we want to get in, um, into, into the worship team or, or we've been in the worship team or the kids team or the youth team or whatever it is for ages and, and, and somebody's just come along and, they, and they've, they've, they've been given an opportunity and they've got involved really, really early on and we kind of sit there and went, well, do you know what? That's, that's taken me 12 months to get into that. How come, how come they've just rocked up and got straight in? That's not fair, is it? So, the, the, and, and this kind of stuff, it's like, if we, if we sit there and we, and we, and we get annoyed with the th- these kind of things and we, we allow our expectations and our, and our desires to kind of rule how we act and how we, how we our state of heart, then we, be, we find ourselves becoming annoyed at God, but not just God, with each other. And, and that, working in that vineyard then just becomes challenging. It becomes difficult. It becomes hard. And actually, what God is saying, it, what, what we need to be responding to is that it's his outrageous grace and his generosity that I'm even here, that he's given me an opportunity to be in this family. See, so easily, it's so easy for us to let our expectations cloud the incredible gifts and the incredible opportunity that God has already given to us, the amazing grace that he's shown towards us, where he's brought us from and where he's brought us into I can guarantee that wherever you are right here today, whatever situation that you are in, we have a God who gives generously. And he gives loud and he gives proud and he gives everything that you need. So whatever you need right now, if you call out to him, he will give you what you need in order to be able to fulfill his purpose and his role. He'll be standing there with you saying, "Look, look, Tim, you've got this. Look, Rob, you've got this because I'm with you every step of the way. But for us, how often do we let our expectations get in the way of us enjoying the incredible gifts of God? His promises, everything that he declares over us. This gift of, of family, this gift of Hope House Church. Now don't get me wrong, sometimes I walk away from this place thinking, man, that week was hard. How come I didn't get the reaction that Paul got at the sermon? Or how come I didn't get the reaction that Julie got in the service? But do you know why that is? It's because I came with my own agenda and my own expectations. It's what I wanted to see and what I wanted to get out of that. Who's to say that the people sat here listening didn't get a phenomenal response in, in their heart? God wasn't doing something significant with them. And it's the same no matter what part of church that we're involved in. or what part. You might have had a conversation with somebody that actually triggers the next part of their journey with Christ. And that's an incredible experience. That's an incredible opportunity that you've got with people to be able to build into them. So, let's celebrate. In fact, can I get the band back up? Would that be all right? Yeah, as I just bring this to a close. So, instead of being 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 a group that kind of set our own agendas and set, set our own expectations... Instead of celebrating about the great things that God is doing and, and the spiritual worship and, and all the testimonies, incredible testimonies that we have and all that kind of stuff, and the incredible nature about the goodness of our God and praising Him, we become inward looking. And I don't know about you guys, I want to be a church that celebrates when we see our brothers and sisters rewarded, when we see, when we see the landowner blessing everybody else within this congregation. 
I want to be a church that celebrates when we see new leaders raised up and when we see new opportunities given to people. I want to be a people that celebrates when, when, we, when we hear incredible testimonies of people being healed and people being saved. And I don't want that to be, I don't want any bitterness to come into my heart to say, well, why is that not me? I want to be a, a church that celebrates success. They've transformed lives. I want to be a church that celebrates when each one of us has an incredible testimony. Because our God is a generous God. And let's give him the glory that he deserves. Because every time we focus on ourselves, we don't give the glory back to God. And that's the key. That's the important bit. So, just to finish, God has given us an incredible invitation to step into his vineyard. To do life in partnership with him. And we don't have to put ourselves, we don't have to be stood out there in the marketplace. We don't have to be, be left out there on our own, struggling, hopeless, trying to find purpose and a future. But this morning I want to challenge us, let's be a people that live in the hope that he's promised us. Let's be a people that take hold of that, that calling, that, pe- that invitation. And let's live in that excitement of knowing him. Live in that knowledge of where he's brought us from celebrating the success of each other so I'm just going to close in prayer if that's alright and then I'm just going to hand over to these guys Um, and then I think it would be great for us just to kind of stand up and just say God you've done amazing things in my life you've done amazing things in the life of this church just declare the goodness of God and remember our history remember what he's done for us because that is then when he can then release us into the new things. And, and the harvest, he invites us back for the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So, Father God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that, the Lord, that you, you picked us out from that crowd. That you went to that marketplace and that you rescued us, Lord Jesus. That, that you came and you've got your hand upon us and you're pulling us back, Lord Jesus. And that you've given us, you've given us a future. You've given us a purpose. You've given us a hope. And Lord, I pray that, that you would help us just to, to, to just point our, point our eyes towards you. Fix our eyes on you, Lord God. And that you would show us, Lord, the great things, the, the amazing things that you've done in our lives. And that that would be a foundation that we can celebrate you and celebrate your success in this place. Yeah, Lord, we glorify you and we thank you, Lord, for your generous, outrageous giving. In your name, amen.